You're listening to Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 136, Super Bowl Sunday. Yay. Are you watching? Yeah, we're going to watch it. I mean, it's the Broncos. You kind of have to. I know. I should not have just asked that question being from Denver. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't really care about the Super Bowl that much, but I do like the ads. And I I mean, I like... It's a fun... Yeah. I like watching football. I don't particularly like get emotionally involved with it, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy the spectacle. Like for me, it's just watching all the commercials and the hype and everyone getting all excited about it. I can appreciate that. Yeah. And I like Coldplay. I'm looking for... And apparently there's... They're going to have Beyonce. Oh, so excited. I saw a meme the other day that said something like, um, I heard there's a football game at the Beyonce concert this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Beyonce, my favorite person. This episode is sponsored by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding rings. The new lock earring backs are available. You can get them on their website, qalo.com. They're $34.99, and they are really essentially made so you never have to worry about losing an earring because how annoying is that when you're doing a pull-up or something or anything in CrossFit? And I I always am worried when I'm like putting on and taking off headbands. Yes, or or like a sweatshirt right now. Like I wear a lot of like layers because it's cold Mm -hmm. and you take something off and your earrings just like fly out. And in the gym, let's be honest, it's pretty impossible to find the backs of your earrings or your earring. So these backs are, they're like ball bearings that just grip onto the backs of your earring and lock it. So it's not a screw back that takes a million years to put on, to take on and off. a really awkward amount of, what's that word? Um, When your hands do things. Dexterity. Dexterity. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad you knew what word I was looking for. What's that word when your hands do things? <laughs> you don't, Yeah, so you don't need that word in your life anymore. <laughs> yes, and that's done for the day. Yeah, so it's really, really convenient. I would, you know, guys wear earrings too. Hey, get yeah. these locks. They're amazing. You can get them at qalo.com. Again, the discount code is GGW. Support the podcast by supporting Kalo. And that gets you 15% off all of your orders. So you can still order rings. Valentine's Day is this week. Get on it. If you're, I mean, by the time this episode is airing, it's already a little late, but you can like write a card and be like, I got you a Kalo ring. It's coming in the mail. Yeah. And late than never. <laughs> better late than never. So thank you guys for supporting the podcast by supporting Kalo. We're doing a fun episode this week. We're doing Q&A, which we always really enjoy because we love hearing yes. from you guys. We got a lot of really good questions, but I want to check in first and foremost of how your week was be- has been, Claire. It's been pretty, it's been decent. So I didn't end up getting that job, which I'm a little bit dis- disappointed about, but whatever. It is what it is. And so just kind of back in the weeds for that one, job hunting is just the worst. Like oh. I was, was, you know, I know I was texting you this, but when I was like, had to do a follow-up email, I was like, well, I want them to know I'm still interested, but I don't want them to think that it's like, all I'm thinking, like that I'm, you know, think, like overthinking it. And it's like, what, this is just like dating. Like, this is why I got married. So I didn't have to have this thought process right. ever again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. So it is what it is. Um, Miles is finally out of his growth spurt. So he's back to sleeping like six hours, which is nice. He was over, what, you were over at our house about a week ago and he was almost rolling over. It was crazy. Yeah, he's getting really close. He's so He's cute. also started... Just so much drooling. It's not even drooling. It's like slobber. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, how about you? It was good. Uh, we're going to Maryland this week, so I'm kind oh, yeah. of prepping for that, going to see my nieces and nephew. I'm I'm getting them a lot of Shopkins. Apparently, that's a really big thing with little toddlers, toddler girls. Shopkins? Shopkins are like little toys that is kind of like a collector's thing, like oh. littlest pets or 
you know, that whole genre of collector sure. toys and it's, you add to it. It's just, it's just adorable. So <laughs> shopping for the nieces and nephew and uh, yeah, just getting ready for the trip on uh, to the East Coast. But I've been really putting a lot of time and effort into practicing my muscle up drills. So I've been posting, yeah. I apologize in advance. I've been posting like constant muscle, muscle up drills on the Instagram. Yeah, people love that crap. Yeah. And it's nice because I don't really, I have been working out so infrequently that A, when I do, I totally forget, like I'm, the last thing in my mind is getting a picture because I'm like, have Miles there, he's in the car seat, like I'm trying to figure out. And then I feel like the only things that I've contributed to Instagram in the last like two months are memes and pictures of Miles. But it's Which don't really, get me wrong, I think those things are valuable. They are amazing. But they are not very CrossFit related. Yeah, well, that's okay. Because people love us no matter what, right? Apparently. <laughs> Did you watch Grease live by chance? No, we don't have TV. Oh, I forgot about that. That whole TV thing. Did you? Yes, it was so good. I mean, I do love uh, Grease. It was so good. Can I out Scott really quick that he's like a huge fan of Carly Rae Jepsen? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I do love Grease and probably my favorite karaoke song is you're the one that i want yeah it's like wonderful it's like oh, the best it's duet karaoke such a good it was so much fun to watch like i <laughs> felt like i was on drugs watching it because i was like so hyped up um i guess certain drugs maybe i don't know but scott was nonchalantly watching it like i was watching it. i had it on and he was kind of like on his computer doing some work and then he mm-hmm. kind of got sucked in and it was really funny because he always teases me for liking Grease. He never really watched it growing up. But for me, it was like a staple on the rotation of movies when I was a teenager. You know, like all my friends in high school loved that movie. (laughs) We would always watch it. We thought we were the pink ladies. Like it was kind of embarrassing. So I like Grease is like really a staple in my childhood. And so Scott really doesn't get he's like, what do you like? What's the big deal about this movie and this musical? I'm like, it's Grease. Like, it's one of those things where you kind of look at it. You're like, yeah, it is kind of dorky, but it's such a staple in your childhood that it means something to you. And so he was like watching it, kind of getting into it. And he's like, who's that? who's the girl playing playing Frenchie? She's really good. I'm like, oh, that's Carly Rae Jepsen. He's like, oh, I've heard her new album. You know, he reads all those nerdy music yeah. blogs. And he's like, I've heard her new album's really, really good. I'm like, really? Like, Carly Rae Jepsen? You're like, I mean, yeah, and it was so... I literally didn't think that she, like, do like, just get out of the game after Call Me Maybe. I know, like, you're set for life. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, I heard her new album's really good. And of course, like, him reading that means something, right? Like, he does not put any attention to any pop music that's not worth listening to in his eyes. So he, he turned, we were driving over to a friend's house on Friday night and I turned it on. He's like, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it here first. Carly Rae Jepsen's album, Emotion, is really good per Scott, Scott. Scott Parrish's opinions, which, <laughs> which aren't, I respect. I, do respect his opinions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's jump into some questions. Do you want to start? Okay. Yeah, so let's cover, we got a couple questions about kind of like the anxiety, depression uh, topic. So let's start with those because I feel like we always end up getting those towards the end and, it's, and we want to be able to spend a good amount of time addressing them. So from Kira, this one I really love. She says, anxiety, my partner struggles with it a lot, pretty much in all situations. I don't always understand, but I want to support her the best I can. Any suggestions or insight would be much appreciated. So I like this one because it's kind of, we talk about anxiety a lot and we've discussed a lot that Joy and I both both have had a lot of anxiety in the past and to the point where, are you still taking 
um, Eds for that joy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I, you know, we've anyway, both like yeah, literal kind that. of like clinical anxiety, not just like, oh, I'm really anxious about this. Yeah. And but one thing that we haven't really talked about is like really how to support someone with anxiety. Yeah. And I think this is a really good question too. The thing that comes to mind for me really is we throw around, I, we as a society throw around a lot of psychology terms, like not with not a lot of we use it kind of like as a slang word, right? So sometimes yeah, like, we'll be like, oh, I'm so OCD or oh, I have oh, I have anxiety. I mean, I would like walked by a group of girls the other day and they're like, yeah, I have ADHD. I'm like, I don't even know if you really understand what that is. Like, you yeah, know, like, I, oh my gosh, I'm having a panic attack. Like, <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm having a panic attack. Because right. We should take you to the hospital. Right. Exactly. So or, oh, I'm so depressed. Like, mm. right. So, you know, and it does fall on a spectrum. So there may be legitimate symptoms of anxiety and depression. But, it, you know, so so I can't really go into the weeds with every single you know, part of the spectrum of saying, like, if you have severe anxiety, this is what you do. If you have mild anxiety, this is what you do. But mm-hmm. just just speaking gen- in general terms for Kira's question is if you have someone who really has clinical anxiety and diagnosed anxiety, then you do want to be compassionate that it is something that they really can't always control. So being understanding and knowing that it really isn't about you, I think, especially in relationships, so much of the time we take it on as ours and we, you know, if they're anxious and we get anxious or if they're depressed, you kind of, you get annoyed. It's easier as a partner to get annoyed. Friends, I think, can be more understanding, but like when you're a partner, there's, I mean, this is, it sounds mean, but this is kind of the reality of it is sometimes you can just be like, oh, just snap out of it already. Like, I'm so frustrated with you because you want them to feel better and you have to be very patient that not all the time, not every time are they going to be able to access the tools they've been given. Hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully by a therapist. So I'm hoping that if it's pretty severe to a point where she's not getting better, um, he or she's not getting better, then I think it's something that you re- you really want to urge them to get treatment. Well, and I also think that like something to so like Brandon has struggled with depression a lot in his life. And something that I've always thought is like, oh, I must not be doing something as his wife if he's in this place of being depressed. And then on the flip side, I don't think I've talked about this yet in the podcast, but I have been getting some treatment for postpartum depression. And that has been hard for Brandon because he's been like, well, you know, as a new dad and as a husband, like, what am I not doing that is, you know, causing me to then go, you know, to then have postpartum depression. And it's really, that's the other thing is like, it has nothing to do with something you are or aren't doing. Exactly. That's, so, that is a really big mistake because then it makes you, there's more tension between the two of you, which can actually make the anxiety or depression worse. Yeah. So it's really important to understand it and maybe just do, you know, like go to the Mayo Clinic or whatever, um, you know, science research-based uh, websites that are out there that are legit and um, read about the clinical diagnosis of anxiety or depression and look at the symptoms and make sure you understand it, that this is not something that we can control. And I think especially in mental health, we don't, we don't really see it all the time as like, it's science, you know, people think, oh, it's just mental health. Oh, it's just something you go talk to a counselor, and then you get over it, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. And that's really not the case. I mean, there's, there truly are cases where if it's severe enough anxiety, I always tell my patients anxiety has so much to do with projecting in the future and Mm -hmm. depression has 
depression has so much to do with thinking about the past. So depression, and it's not all the time, but majority of the time, anxiety is worrying about the future. So you really mm -hmm. want to get tools. The more effective way of handling anxiety is to work on it with a counselor. Um, if, if it's something that happened to you and it's a trauma and it's triggering something in you that you need to process, obviously you do that. But it may be something simple where you're kind of like, I just don't know where this is coming from. And you really work mm -hmm. on the cognitive behavioral skills where, which is, you know, irrational, for example, irrational thinking versus rational thinking. So you go through the thoughts that are coming through your head that are quote unquote irrational. So those mm -hmm. are just some examples of like how people would work on it. And so if you were to give her a specific advice, though, on like, okay, they're in a situation, they're out of the house, they're doing something, and her partner is feeling a lot of anxiety, what can she do in that moment to help support her and to help kind of try to get a better understanding of where she's coming from. So what I would do is, this is where you need to work on it on the prevention side. You never want to wait until someone's having symptoms to then say, what do I do? Because when someone's mm -hmm. having symptoms, it's too late to say, let's sit down and talk about this. Right, so and that's what you probably just <laughs> need to get out of that situation. Right, and so if it's a panic attack, you need to know from your partner and your and or your partner's therapist of what are the tools that you have, What what's the plan? What is the plan? And ask your partner, hopefully, again, hopefully if they're being treated by it, um, um, if not, I would encourage that is to say, we need a plan before this happens. So then I know what to do. Um, mm -hmm. It's almost like CPR. Right, moment, like, what do you want? It's like, uh, I can't, I don't even have the capacity. To right. Choose. To have this conversation right now. Yeah. So it's kind of like CPR. You're like, you need to have a plan before you, before the need, symptoms right. come up. So okay. then you can be the crutch for them that when they're having a panic attack or they're just feeling anxious, you go, let's go sit down. Let's take some deep breaths. A lot of the times I use, I have, you know, this is an example. I, I don't know if this works for everyone. But one of the things that I tell my patients is to grab something that's like a soothing, like a worry rock or something that is like stimulating your senses. So smell, taste, touch, sound that is very soothing to you. And that mm -hmm. is uh, one of the ways that you can kind of like in the moment calm yourself down. So you want as a partner, again, to know what that is for that person, you know, whether it's breathing, whether it's like you guys go take a walk outside, you know, it could be a number of things, but that's where it really is individual to each person. So that's what I would recommend is make sure you guys know. Talk about it beforehand. beforehand. Have a plan, like what, when you're feeling this way, how can I help you the most? Exactly. And then in those moments, recognize before your, your partner even has to say, oh my gosh, this is happening. Exactly. Right. Be able to kind of catch, be ready to catch them before they even fall type of thing. Exactly. And especially, especially if they're having a panic attack, that is yeah. something you absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, that is something you absolutely need to know beforehand that you cannot, when someone is in a panic attack, it is absolutely unrealistic. Right. At that point, you just need to remove yourself from the situation yeah. and escalate what's right. going on. Right. Yeah. And then as far as depression goes, I would I would probably say similar to that. Depression can be very, very taxing on a relationship. So I really feel like communicating what that what it is that you need. And it's not unlike what I would recommend for anxiety is that to know what your partner needs to say, is it better for you when you're in this moment? And this is this takes a very brave an understanding partner. So I, I kind of like want to reference Brene Brown's work who really talks about like being vulnerable because this, this mm -hmm. is really hard to do as a partner to just kind of make to not make it about you is really difficult. So yeah. if you can sit there with someone in their pain and not make it about you and not think like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Because it's really not your responsibility to fix it. It's mm -hmm. your responsibility to work with it. So then you say, you know, what is it, what is it that I need to do when you're in these moments? What would best help you? And know that that can change too. Like that's yeah. not a like always concrete rule. 
cool, but to know that in that moment, say for now, and then, hey, let's have a State of the Union address together and talk about what it is that we need and it might change in six months, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and something too, I mean, like the whole postpartum depression thing for me has been uh, totally come out of left field and it has, I mean, like once again about in the moment, it's so hard, you know, like I've had some pretty dark moments in the last couple of months and, you know, at that point when Brandon says, well, what do you need? It's like I literally don't even have the mental or emotional capacity to not even verbalize my needs, but even recognize them. Exactly. At that moment, it's like, I have, I can't, it's like, it is like the CPR thing. It's like, if somebody's in cardiac arrest, you can't ask them, Hey, what do you need? Nope. You just need to be able to do something. Yeah. And luckily Brandon, you know, is a mental health professional and has some tools to be able like, okay, well, here's some ideas like would this help with this help with this help but even that is really overwhelming it's like I don't know what I need I don't you know if you even in those moments him asking me like okay well why don't you get out what would you like to go do even having to think about like well what would I like to go do is really overwhelming right so then you have to just kind of like for you that's a great example for him to just say all right this is what we're doing and that might even be in that moment too it may just be changing moment by moment so he may just have to be very patient and know that you maybe can't even make a decision and sometimes it feels like you're chasing your tail that he just sit with you in that moment and not give you more to think about you know like that's that's a really good example now I want to ask you a Really quick question though you said yes. and this you may you don't have to answer this but wh- why do you feel like it came out of left field I think a lot of people who deal with postpartum depression have dealt with depression all before in their life and that and a lot of times that's a huge predictor of whether or not you're going to have postpartum depression is oh, okay if you've ever felt you know had any and so I've dealt with some anxiety before but I've never dealt with anything on the depression spectrum and that's kind of more what I mean is that it felt like the the emotions of it felt or lack of emotion really more than anything felt very out of left field. Okay. And I know that I I mean we can dive into this more if we want, but I know I've talked a little bit about on the podcast just feeling like I had a hard time being feeling like super connected to Miles and right. at first I was sort of like, "Oh, it'll come." And I'm just not like a lovey-dovey person and then kind of more and more it was like, "Okay, but there's also this other thing going on where I just literally in my life feel like I'm I'm not enjoying things. I'm not looking forward to things. I'm, you know, kind of in this hole and just feeling like I just don't feel strongly about anything anymore. It's not even that I'm not, don't feel strongly about miles and like that, you know, feeling like, okay, well, this is just needs to build up. It's like, I don't feel strongly about CrossFit. I don't feel strongly about skiing, anything, anything that I used to like to do. And that is kind of the point where I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't normal. Right. Like, feeling overwhelmed, feeling confused. That's normal. New mom stuff. Feeling like I'm never going to enjoy my life again. That is super not normal. Right. And it's, but it took me quite a while to recognize that because I had never been in any, you know, any semblance of that situation before. And so I wasn't able to look at it and be like, oh, this is what that is. And I can imagine being a new mom that you struggled with. Well, what part of this is normal? It's probably normal because you're not sleeping and you're overwhelmed. And this is such a huge change that you're probably like, oh, this is just going to fade over time, which is probably why a lot of women suffer alone because they're like, oh, this must be something that I only I'm dealing with. And I just need to be keep quiet about it. Yeah. Well, and also I think like it was really hard at first to separate, okay, what of this is 
is just sensory overload is just being so in dropped headfirst into this brand new life. Right. And you know, how much of this is just like sort of normal adjustment. And I think for everybody, that's a, you know, that's a, a call that everyone has to make. But for me, it was at the point where I was like realizing, okay, I'm really not an enthusiast. Like I consider myself to be a very enthusiastic person. And I'm like that part of my personality feels like it got turned off. Yes. No, that's a, you know what? That's the exactly, that is such a good way of describing how it feels because there's, that's the conflict when you, when you know something's off is yeah. you're like, there's a part of my personality that I feel like I'm missing here. Mm-hmm. And it has, there's a difference between just feeling overwhelmed and there is a normal level of anxiety and depression in life, right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. a normal there's a level normal spectrum of emotions of, Hey, you know, when something happens, I feel anxious and I just really feel like, Ooh, that was really difficult. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going into a job interview. Oh, I'm about to have a baby. Like right. those are normal things that you also want to recognize that yeah. normal levels of anxiety that is being a human. But then when it comes over to the point of, wow, like day in, day out, it's like, oh, it's almost like you're carrying a backpack of like, oh, I just can't get over this. I can't feel like myself. And you're almost like struggling every single day yeah. to get Sorry. through it. Is a dog bark. Oh, is that Luna? Luna? Oh, it's Luna. Luna Luna Graham. But yeah, so I think that's a really good point that you bring up. And then I also want to put a shout out to to people who decide to take medication for depression or anxiety or any mental illness really is that is a really hard decision for people to do. I see people struggle with that every single day in my office Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I want to feel and I know I've said this before on the podcast, like, oh, I just want to feel my feelings or oh, I just really want to I want to get through this on my own. I'm like, look, You just, you don't have to. And, and that's when I, I mean, even me being in the psychology world, I struggled with making that decision. And Mm -hmm. once I did, I was like, oh my gosh, life can be really good. Life can be really good again. Like I, (laughs) you know, when I'm driving to the grocery store crying for no reason, you know, something's like not right. Right. And, uh, that is when I was like, "I, I need to talk to my doctor about this. And I just reached out and I was very scared to admit that. But yeah. I just talked to my doctor and she's like, she goes through this whole list, like exactly what I do with my patients. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And my goodness, it's been, it has completely changed my life to where I'm like, I feel so much better. I feel yeah. so much better. Well, and I think too, it's like, kind of comes down to like, I mean, so I haven't started taking medication yet for it, but mostly just because I feel like my background, I have so few, because I've never dealt with anything like this before, I don't have any coping mechanisms to fall back on. And so for me, I'm thinking, okay, in my situation, counseling hopefully is going to be very effective because I've never had any tools like this before. So I'm hoping to kind of be able to to get some specific tools to try before I go that route. And also for me, that has a little bit to do with like breastfeeding and that type of thing. But in like the counseling group, part of it is like a small group counseling. And they talk just a lot about like giving yourself the freedom or the permission to just get out in front of it. Yes. Because when you are trying to do it, if you are, you know, really struggling with something like that, trying to do without medication is like, you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole from the bottom of the hole. Yep. And rather than being able to say, okay, I'm going to get out in front of this and then I can take a look at it and realize what I need to do emotionally and internally and what kind of like counseling and whatever work that I need to do. But you can actually look at it objectively somewhat rather than being so deep in it that it's just like, I can't even imagine what it's going to take to get out in front of this. Right. And that's, that's exactly right. And I, I can't stress enough too that the combination of medication and counseling, again, talk to a mental health professional, talk to your doctor about this. I'm not saying this is a blanket statement for everyone. So please, 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 please. That is a disclaimer. But, (laughs) but 
know that counseling coupled with medication for most cases in, with mental illness with clinical depression or anxiety is really, really helpful, especially mm-hmm. group counseling, because group counseling gets you in a room with other people where you're connecting, where you're going, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Totally. Yay. Um, so, I mean, health. as far as like, <laughs> I, I would love to hear everyone's experiences. You can email us at girlsgonewad at gmail.com if you want more information, especially around, you know, if you want to tips around helping your partner we've gotten some emails we've received some emails from some listeners about that and we really thank you because it's really important to talk about and um especially if you want to know a little bit more about skills or tools for depression and anxiety if you're interested in in you know us having that ongoing conversation we we like to touch on this every once in a while because we know that people like to hear about it so if it's helpful mm-hmm. for you give us some feedback and uh, we'd love to keep the conversation going all right moving on moving uh, on let's just- touch on the water issue real quick. Somebody okay. Asked, how do you drink enough water? And we've talked about this before, but my biggest thing is get a water bottle with a straw. There is something about that that just is magical to me. Ditto. And yep. ice. Straw ice. and an ice for me. Yep. That's pretty much it. Those, right. That's the only magic bullet that I have. There is also an app that I had that was called like gallon a day or something. And every time that you log water, it like it gives you, it's like a little circle that shows like what percentage of the gallon you're up to the, for that day. And then every time you log, it like gives you this little burst of confetti. And I thought that was fun for like a day. And then it kept giving me reminders, like, don't forget to drink water. Don't forget to drink water. And so I deleted it because it got irritating. <laughs> yeah. Some of those apps I get really motivated to use, but then they get annoying. I'm like, ah, never mind. That happened for <laughs> like after like a day (laughs) oh that's really funny um also sports bras for small boobs embrace your small boobs i miss my small boobs so much now that i'm breastfeeding embrace them and just embrace the fact that you can wear any sports bra that you want and it doesn't matter whether or not you look flat chested because you can wear anything I, uh, megan is the one who asked this and crystal said she loves lulu's free to be bra or yeah. the free to be wild. Free to be wild is my favorite. It's the one with okay. all those like crisscrossing straps in the back. Oh, cute! I haven't I haven't jumped uh, on that bandwagon yet. I but have like I, six of them. Do you really? I need to They're jump on that bandwagon. Let's see. I use or I wear religiously the Target Champion sports bras because they have so many different shapes and sizes and in mm-hmm. styles. They're, They're really inexpensive. They go on sale, and if you have a Target red card, you get five percent off. <laughs> You, the, a lot of them come with padding and some people I think that drives them up the wall but I I like the option of some days being like I just want a little more padding in my bra but you have to be careful because when you wash them um, yeah. sometimes they can like they crumple, they crumple and-, and then you look like you have crumply boobs so I'm waiting <laughs> yeah because you can't ever really get them flat again so I'm waiting yeah. for like someone to invent where you they just take just- them out before you well, the they, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Where the and I think Mom Sandy taught me that, and I totally don't do that because I'm lazy. This is well, where and, or what you can do. This yeah. is what I always used to. Do. Now I just finally took them out. I used to like all the Lulu bras have the removable ones too. Yeah, and I used to just. Now I've just taken them out and I've lost them, and I just don't. And side note, I just super don't care. Yeah. But, <laughs> one thing you can do is get one of those like little mesh laundry bags. Oh yeah, and put them in there. And yeah. put and just put the pads in there, and then wash them, and then take them out, and and you can dry them in that thing too, but they don't get super dry. Or just lay them out on the right. counter, and it looks kind of weird, but yeah. they dry really fast. No, that's a good point. That's it, and that's where I get this is this is the part of me where I have like zero tolerance for extra steps. So that's- I'm like, oh my gosh that seems like a lot of work for me i mean it's uh, even though it would not take a lot of time but uh so i i do like those bras though when i want like a little extra 
mm-hmm. little extra curve to my upper body. But I, I agree with you, Claire. I'm like, dude, just, I mean, sports bras, we're there to work out. And I know you want to feel like a little more feminine, but. But that's why I like the free to be wild. Yeah. Like, with, like all the cross crosses in the back. Cause I feel like it's still cute and I still feel kind of like, you know, it's kind of gives you like a little extra fun thing in the back. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about like, what do my boobs look like? It's just like, oh, the back is fun. Yeah. And um, I do have a Lulu bra that's all kind of crisscrossy. I don't think it's that style, but it cuts too low. So then I feel like my boobs uh, are falling out and I'm like, that doesn't feel comfortable. You have like a pretty broad chest. Though. I do. I mean, nothing is really comfortable in this broad chest of mine. <laughs> Um, that's a good segue though into everybody keeps asking about your leggings and yes, Scott buys them, but where can they, okay. Like, I feel like nine times out of 10, you're wearing Nike. Leggings. Nine times out of 10, I am secret, secret wearing Nike women's tights. Here's the secret. Scott isn't my husband. You have to just marry Scott is really the answer to that question. <laughs> um, I, he loves Nike. He is a Nike freak of nature. He is always on Nike blogs. He's, um, he collects Nike blogs, people. Nike yeah. Blogs. Nike blogs, like secret Nike blogs. He collects uh, Jordans. So if you know the sneakerhead world, there are, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like collecting. <laughs> It's like a collector's thing where you can you like wait in line for hours to when the new Jordan is released. So he has probably 50 pairs of Jordans in our house like stashed away and yeah. he calls it our Isn't that re- how he bought your engagement. Yeah. He calls it our retirement plan which I think is hilarious. Um but that's how he bought my engagement ring and concert posters. So he'll buy signed concert posters for like really famous, you know, bands oh and then they resell they resell for tons of money. So he is God. really smart about that stuff. Stuff because he does make really good money when he resells them. But um, yeah. so he is always on. Like <laughs> it's totally the beanie baby of Nike. Yeah. He's always on Nike blogs. So then he's always looking. He loves to shop for me. So he's always looking at Nike women's leggings and the things they come out with. Well, every once in a blue moon, Nike does. Nike loves to do like signature uh, limited edition lines. Oh, yeah. And so they will often have artists design leggings and just do like a limit. Yeah, do like a limited edition. And he always, always scores the pair for me. The other thing that's really nice about my husband, but I I love and hate it is he travels a lot. So he's, (laughs) he's, uh, he's gone all the time. And he always goes to New York and Chicago and LA. And he's always shopping at these really fun you know, Nike and Chicago stores are like the bigger stores that have yeah. more inventory. So I I hate to say it, but like, I just get really lucky because he brings home a lot of my cool workout clothes. But I will say if you want more of a variety and the fun patterns that Nike has some awesome ones on their website, I've yet to mm-hmm. see them in their stores. But every once in a while I do but yeah, and then the other ones I would say would just be Lulu as I keep my eye out for really cool patterns at the Lulu store. Every yeah. once in a blue moon. That's another thing as I feel like they carry such different inventory at different stores too. Yes, totally. And one thing that I found a little trick that I found is to follow your local store on Facebook. Yes, because they it's not the same as just like following Lululemon on Facebook, like each store, each branch has their own Facebook page typically and they'll post pictures of like, these are the patterns we got in this week. Um, and then that way you can kind of like keep an eye on it without having to go in every single week. Pro tip. Pro tip. Um, and then that also segues into somebody asked about, emailed us about maternity workout clothes. Yes. My biggest thing was the Lulu high rise leggings. 
Oh, I have a couple of pairs of those. I really like them. Yeah. And they were perfect for a pregnant belly because by the time that I was, you know, in my third trimester, they just fit like normal leggings basically because you just, I, but just having that extra, whatever it is, couple inches of waistband made all the difference because early in my pregnancy, I could kind of like still, I could fold over the, the whole thing. In my second trimester, I would just fold over the front, but keep a little bit extra in the back. So it went under my belly. And then by the third trimester, I just kept it up the whole time and it gave me enough extra fabric that I could go all the way around without feeling like, cause the biggest thing is that with a, with your big pregnant belly, your waist or not your waistline, like the, the line at which your pants need to sit in the front is way lower than in the back. Mm-hmm. And so you need like some extra fabric to work with to kind of compensate for that. Yeah. So that was, that is my biggest, that was, I mean, I'm, I still wear them to this day. And I had them before I got pregnant and they actually stayed and like I gained the most weight throughout my whole body in my thighs. And so they continued to fit. They just kept stretching with me, which I was amazed at. So I would really say invest in a pair or two of those. I was very impressed by them. Um, I also know a lot of people really like the maternity workout wear from Old Navy. So I had a like I think I had like one maternity tank top from them. Although by the time that I was that big, I was just wearing like extra large t-shirts and I just didn't care. But I've heard really good things about their maternity workout line. Andrea asks, since I finally caught up on your caught up on your podcast, I'm kind of bummed because I have to wait each week, which is really funny, Claire. I have so many people or we have so many people that email us saying, oh, I wish you guys were on twice a week. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, Trust we would us. have nothing to talk about. You, you really like us once a week and just, let's just <laughs> leave it at that. You would not want us to. <laughs> Too much a of a good thing. Too much of a good thing. Yeah. Uh, she says, what other podcasts do you both listen to? And I think we should, I, this is so ongoing for us. We're going to briefly answer mm-hmm. this question, but we might just do a post uh, every few months or so to give you an update on what we're listening to. Right now, obviously, I'm super into Serial. I love the Serial podcast. The new season's amazing. And they just released three new bonus episodes for the for the Anon trials going on. Oh, yeah. It's really good. They're only like Is 20 it? minutes long, but it's just, I just love Sarah Koenig. She could read the dictionary and I'd just be like in a trance. Her voice is so funny. She's awesome. I love her so much. Yeah. yeah. I, and I do love the, the main ones on my list. I have like the little My Podcasts on the mm-hmm. iTunes thingy is um, Serial. <laughs> you guys are going to laugh at this. And I feel like a pervert for saying that I love this po- podcast. I love Loveline. I love Loveline <laughs> because I love Dr. Drew. So I also love the Dr. Oh Drew gosh. podcast. Dr. Drew for me is also kind of like a Bob Harper. Like if I met Dr. Sure. Drew, mm-hmm. I would be, you know, just like what he does for like the addiction world. So like from that perspective, I'm like fascinated. Yeah. I used to be obsessed with celebrity rehab. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would watch that all the time. So I love Loveline. It is so dirty and it's so like X-rated, but I love him. And <laughs> the co-host is Mike Catherwood. And I swear to you again, like he is one of the funniest people on the planet. Um, and then I'd say the other one that I love is Truth and Eliza. So Eliza Schlesinger is a comedian, a female comedian. I just, I just think she's really smart, really smart mm-hmm. and really funny. And so I like her a lot. So those would be like kind of like the top top three that I scroll through the most, as well as like WTF with Mark Marin and Nerdist. I kind of everyone, it depends on the guests that they have. I don't listen to that many podcasts, which I know is sort of like blasphemous since I have a podcast. Yeah. People always ask me this question and they're like, oh, did you hear this? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, don't listen. But I do like, I mean, I like all the NPR podcasts, like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I really love the TED Radio Hour and Radio Lab. Yes. And occasionally, This American Life. 
Um, I really like the mystery show. Oh yeah, I love her. New... She's so cute. Yeah, she's so cute. And then I and I love I loved I should say past tense Invisibilia. Apparently they're coming out the new season, but I loved that podcast. And they only had like five episodes, and then they took like a year long break, which not cool. I occasionally will find hear like an episode of something that I'm interested in, but it's really hard for me to get invested. Kind of the same way that I don't really get into like TV series. Are you watching any TV series right now? No, we did watch The Man in the High Castle, which I really liked. I'm really excited. The new Kimmy Schmidt uh, season is coming out, I think, like in April. Oh, when is that coming out? I think it's sometime in April. Oh, that's so exciting. So speaking of audio stuff, too, someone also asked about Audible and uh, what books I listen to. So... Uh, let's see. Mur- Murray asks, Joy talks a lot about, quote unquote, reading books. <laughs> I started listening to books on long runs. What are some good Audible books you've loved? And then Melissa asks, how does Audible work exactly? I tried looking it up, but don't really get it. <laughs> What's the pricing? So there's a couple things here is I also listen. I also use the Overdrive app. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just connected to your libraries, which is amazing because then you can check out audiobooks for free. Mm-hmm. The only downside is you have to more or less wait for the books that are really popular. So that's where Audible really comes into play for me is if I want. Sometimes it just takes a lot of time to search through books on the library app. So if you just want something that you know you want to read it right away and it's not available at the library, I just I use Audible. So uh, as far as what books I read, any biographies, I am a huge biography buff. I think the most recent book that I love, it's not a biography, which is a surprise, <laughs> is uh, Rising Strong by Brene Brown. That is a must, oh, yeah. must read. Because I'm in the psychology, I'll say psychology world, I'll just say because I'm a therapist, there's so many books out there that sometimes I can get like, oh, this is the same thing. This is over and over mm-hmm. again. Oh my gosh, this is just regurgitated through another person. But Brene's book, Rising Strong, Hands down, I really feel like every single person on the planet needs to read this book. And really? I don't, yeah, and I don't say that about really any psycholo- yeah. psychology books. I feel like it should be mandatory for everyone to read that book. <laughs> that's how that's how strongly I feel. It's my endorsement of Rising Strong by Brene Brown. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm a I'm a, just a huge biography fan. I love Rob Lowe's biographies. I think he writes brilliantly, and he's so smart and funny in his books. I, I read Down the Rabbit Hole by Holly Madison, which was all about the um, Playboy Mansion and being. Oh married. yeah, you talked about. Yeah, that. it was really interesting. Really well, interesting. Also, if you haven't read Bossy Pants or. Um, that's a given. Yeah. But, well, what's, yes, please. Aim, yes, please. They're way better on audiobook than way the, I better. read Bossy Pants, actually read it with my eyeballs and loved it. And then I listened to it on audiobook and it blew me. It was just hilarious. Yeah. It's so much. I mean, they're, they're, those women are comedians. Like you have to hear them deliver. It's the so true. It's so true. So I read those books. Yeah. Think about listening to them. Think about listening to them for sure, because they are so funny when they read them and they have all these people that come on and they're guests and it's, it's mm-hmm. just hilarious. It's so funny. And then I would say Troublemaker by Leah Romini. She uh, wrote about getting out of Scientology. Really fascinating book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That so was how does Audible work, though? Exactly. So, I yeah. So you um, you can sign up for like a couple different ways. They have different. It's really funny. So you kind of have to do some they do that that the trickery where when you sign up they say it's like this one price but then when you're like no I don't really want that they're like oh well then we also have this 
subscription where you can only pay for one book a month. So they have, just make sure you're doing the research about, yeah, go through all the options because you don't have to buy like the $15 a month package or whatever. So they have, I think it starts from like $10 a month all the way up to $20 a month. And it's more or less like a club where you get, depending on what price point you choose. And so what I did, I think I have, I also asked for Christmas, like a gift card to there. So I don't know off the top of my head what I'm paying right now because I got like a few gift cards for Audible, Mm -hmm. which as a plug, I think it's a great gift idea. If you like audibles, tell your friends that's what you want for your birthday. <laughs> and so there you, go. you get credits every month. So, you know, for example, if I'm paying 12 or $13 a month on audibles, like a subscription every month, kind of like Spotify, but with this, you get two book credits. So you get two free book- books a month. And then after, if you read the, through the two books that month, then you get like 20% off any other book you buy, which, which is, is a really good. It's like, yeah. For buying a book on Kindle, it's going to cost you at least 12 bucks. It's exactly, yeah. So each book, I want to say the book prices range from anywhere from 10 to $20. So it's mm-hmm. really a good deal. And especially if you read that much, but if you don't, you just have to be careful because I think it's past like six credits, then it doesn't roll over. You don't get any more. But I mm-hmm. always, use them and the other thing is you can just buy books and then leave it on your it's on your account forever so you can just buy them and then read them later can you like lend them to someone like once you have it can you like lend it out yeah i don't think so i don't know how to do that yet that's the one thing with like ebooks and right you know whatever i'm like how do i lend this i i think sandy had an answer for that one at one time i don't know if it was legal but Whatever. She's a copyright She's lawyer. She's a copyright lawyer. Yeah, that's so funny. But I think I think Scott and I on Amazon you can share because if it's within your family, but I just don't know how to do it like with your friends. So if anyone has an answer to that, please share. All right, next question. We could talk about how to get confidence on lifts. Cool. I don't have in front of me who asked that question. Carly. Carly, do you want to read the question itself? Confidence on lifts. I still struggle on being confident when lifting heavy and bail early before giving myself a real chance to attempt the lift. Wow. This is, I feel, and I, the the first thing that comes to mind for me is just time with the bar. That's exactly what I was going to say. Honestly, there's no, there's no magic trick. Unfortunately, there's no, you know, for me, it really helps to do a couple of attempts heavier than the than one I you know like or to warm up do like some snatch pulls or some clean pulls or some front squats or some overhead squats at a weight heavier than the lift I'm trying to make so that in my mind I know okay I know I can pull this I know I can stand up with it all I need to do is put those two things together and so like if I'm going for a clean PR the first thing I'll do is try to do a front squat at that weight Yep. And so then in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know I can get out of the hole with this. Yep. So all I need to do is get there. At the end of the day, it's really just a matter of time on the bar and, you know, telling yourself, like building in that confidence of like, I've done this before. I've done this a hundred times and I'll, you know, this is only 10 pounds heavier or whatever. Like this is not a big of a deal. The other thing that helps me and that a lot of times I'll coach people to do is if they are just like failing, 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 or if they're really getting into their head to the point, I mean, they're there comes a time when you're getting trying to go for a PR that you can barely even grab the bar if you get into your head that much. Like you can't even set the lift up because you're already so overthinking it. And so what I'll tell people to do is like, listen, you're, you have been doing this for 20 minutes. You know that you know the movement. You know that your body knows what to do. I want you to switch off your brain as much as you can. Think about something totally unrelated. Walk to the other side of the gym, walk back and just pick up the bar. Don't stand, stand in front of the bar. Don't Take a deep breath. Just pick up the barbell and go. And your body is going to know what to do. And you're going to remove that emotional component from it as much as you can. I would say probably at least half the time 
that is enough to at least get them a really solid attempt yeah. and just get them enough to get out of their heads so that they aren't just totally sabotaging right off the bat. And I think it's really smart to set people up for success. And I remember when Courtney was here talking about that is making sure you feel confident. If you struggle mentally, I would do I'd be more deliberate about making sure that you're building that confidence with things that you know you can do and working mm-hmm. working a little slowly. So maybe adding five pounds at a time. And I think some people would disagree with that. Like, oh, you're wasting strength and just move up faster. But maybe it is something that for me, there's times when I get really scared on cleans because I know that, oh, this is my quote unquote scary weight. So then I just add really small light weights at a time and that builds up my confidence. Yeah. Especially with like, fear. It can it be it doesn't yeah. It doesn't matter if you're like, quote unquote, wasting your strength, if you aren't going to even be able to attempt That's the lift very because true. you're so terrified of it. Right. So. so kind of branching off of that question too, Darlena asked, how do you keep the negative talk out of your head regarding CrossFit? So I think this kind of overlaps too, like, oh, I'm too negative old. Self-talk. Yeah, the negative self-talk. So I think that, you know, making sure that you have a mantra is really good. So, yes. you know, especially this can even go with like time under the bar if you're worried about the weights and the weights are intimidating you. That's something that I'll keep playing over in my head. There's a couple that I use. So maybe thinking up something that you want to replay in your head and have that available to you. Make sure you're practicing that. Yeah. And so we've talked about them before, but like the one I really like to use is I can do hard things. Or the other one I like to use is basically just like trying to think of like, okay, if my, you know, if Joy came to me and said, hey, I really, you know, like, oh, I can't do this because I'm too slow. Oh, I can't do this because I'm too weak. What would I say to her? You know, I'd be like, well, first of all, I would probably just punch you in the face because you're way stronger and faster than me. <laughs> like, damn it, Joy. I don't even, I can't even, I probably would just be like, I can't even. And I would just laugh. <laughs> but if I had somebody, you know, if I had a friend who came up to me and was like, oh, I can't do this because I'm too slow, I would absolutely try to, you know, just kick that thought out of their mind as soon as I could, because I know, you know, that I don't believe that about anybody else. I never, you know, look at anybody and think, oh, you're too slow or too weak or, you know, too old or too fat or whatever to do this. And so I try to just turn that around on myself and think that's, you know, that kind of thought is just ridiculous. You know, that is a lie. You are totally strong enough to do this. You're totally fast enough to do this, you know, and just really try to think like, how would I, how would I treat a friend if they were, you know, having right? This and I think this also, I would go back to what I said earlier about depression and anxiety is just negative self-talk is always going to come to us. We're always mm-hmm. going to deal with that as humans. And the, everybody deals with it too. Like, everyone deals with it. Like, even the most successful athletes out there have, you know, the only difference is that they have figured out something that works for them that they can, you know, turn to in those moments. The biggest thing for me, Darlena, is, and for everyone, is that you, my guess is if you're doing this in the gym, you're doing this in all areas of your life. So you have to practice it not just in the gym, but taking pauses throughout the day and kind of monitor your thoughts and go, am I being nice to myself right now? Or am I being critical and know Mm -hmm. that there's a level of normalcy that we're all self critical. That's the first thing we were always going to go to. And if I can plug read rising strong again, because it's really goes (laughs) into this of making sure that we are working on this constantly and not to overwhelm yourself like you have to think about this 24 seven. But my guess is that you're doing this outside of the gym, not just in the gym. So you know, applying it to all aspects of your life is going to help too. All right. Uh, what's your favorite thing outside of the gym? I love this one because we talk so much about the gym. Well, mm-hmm. you know, there are some things that we <laughs> we go off on tangents. I feel kind of embarrassed because I'm like, man, I'm such a little hermit that I, um, uh, the most of the time that you can find me if I'm not working, I'm walking JT. Mm-hmm. I take JT for a lot of walks. 
I hang out with Scott. We watch a lot of TV and movies or we're walking JT together. We go to Starbucks a lot with JT. Uh, <laughs> our, our life revolves around this dog or spending time with friends. You know, like we'll go out to dinner with friends. We like to just kind of tool around Denver. But I'm so embarrassed to say like, Scott, and I really like to shop. I think I've just come to terms with like, we just like to shop and I'm not ashamed yeah. to say it. Like we like to go out, we go to the malls, we go to certain stores. We just, we all go get lunch and then we shop. <laughs> We shop for food a lot. We're like always at Whole Foods on the weekends or Costco. Yeah. Like we're kind of dorky. And so there's really like as far as like interest okay. though, I mean, my, what? Sorry. There's just like <laughs> some sounds going on over here. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> um, I would say like interest is really truly just like loving our life in Denver with our friends and being yeah. – I we CrossFit is a huge part of my life. Working out is a huge part of our lives. So um, really outside of that, it really is like work and then like coming home, making dinner, hanging out with Scott and hanging out it with family. The other, the other night, where were we? Oh, Brandon and I were, we were at Scratch Burrito. We had just taken some food to TJ and Lindsay, um, which I don't know if we've talked about that. TJ and Lindsay had their baby. Yeah. TJ is the owner of our gym. Yeah. So they just had a baby too, which is super fun. So we took them some food and we went to Scratch Burrito and we were just hanging out and, and we were like, well, do we want to go home? Do we want to like see if anybody wants to do th- things? And he was like, why don't you text Joey and Scott and see what they want to do? I was like, Brandon, it's eight o'clock. Like they're in. <laughs> no, it's so true. Like I, and that's the other thing. Like we're kind of old married couple where we just, we do, we love to, like yeah. we will sit in front of the TV. We have a huge blue blanket. We sit in front of the TV together. We lay on the ground together and JT lays between us. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's our night. <laughs> Almost every night. <laughs> uh, let's see. For, for me, outside of the gym, obviously right now, most of my life is outside of the gym and it's mostly just like trying to keep miles alive. Oh, my. But outside of that, um, really like just spending time at coffee shops, just kind of like relaxing. I really like hiking, um, hiking with Luna, hiking with Brandon. I really like just kind of like, I don't know, walking around in Boulder and Denver and just, you know, kind of going on walks through the neighborhood. I just think kind of thing, just chilling. I mean, yeah. I don't have a job right now, but like the best way I can describe it for both of us is I feel like we just enjoy where we live. Like we're yeah. always kind of like looking for new places to go eat or I love coffee totally. shops or anything that's kind of more local, like hanging out at coffee shops that are not Starbucks, <laughs> like just yeah. finding the like being in the community. Totally. It yeah. feels I, good here. And I mean, I have hobbies like, you know, I like skiing. I like, you know, go, I love going to Moab, that kind of thing. But I think just on like if I were to just have like a free morning, I would take my dog and my baby, walk to the coffee shop, sit in the sun and yep. just like hang out. Yep. Sounds pretty good. Yep. Thank you very much. Enjoying life. <laughs> yes. All right. We got a few left here. How is Joy's muscle uppery going? What drills <laughs> have you been have been useful? Thank you, Leah, for that question. The muscle uppery is going pretty darn well. I've found that it's so frustrating, but I, because I'm now doing CrossFit more during the week, I've been mm-hmm. practicing a lot more and been researching more drills. Thank you, everyone who has commented and left suggestions. It's super helpful. Mm-hmm. And I've also found that it just takes time and practicing whatever you feel like is going to help you with that. And so, and I know it's very vague, but I've been relying a lot on the CrossFit Gymnastics website and the CrossFit Gymnastics Instagram. I think one of our listeners sent me the link to that, which has been super helpful. And then I have a couple of friends who are just kind of coaching me on things to do. But I recently posted a video from CrossFit Invictus, and they did a drill called the Peekaboo, which is more like a three-fourths muscle-up drill. So if you guys want to check that out on our Instagram, it's Girls Gone Wild Podcast. I really like that one because it makes you 
it really gives you like structure on how to swing your body. And that's one of the biggest things that I've been struggling with is I don't really, I don't really get the method of how to flail in the air. And so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it just feels weird if I'm like, okay, is this how you swing? And so yeah, that drill, flailing. yeah, is like instructive flailing. So I really, really liked how they dialed that in where you're keeping your shoulders above your feet and how you're trying to swing your, your toes really fast. Like that made sense to me. So I really mm-hmm. am trying to work on that right now. I feel like I definitely have the ups right at the moment, but I just, the pull through is, is probably the next thing I'm going to try to work on. And TJ, TJ and I were talking about that yesterday. He's like, yeah, he's like, it really, he's like, I feel like once you have that dynamic part of the swing, then he's like, you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you'll figure out what to do. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) So that's how that's going. And you can check out our Instagram. Like we've been talking about, she's posted so many or a couple of videos. Yeah. In the last couple of days. So All right. I think the last questions are covering WAG. Would you agree? Your weekly WAG check-in. Yeah. It's still kind of status quo for me. Nothing crazy. My macros did get cut a little bit this week, which actually has been kind of nice because for me, I have the opposite problem of you, which is that I feel like at the end of the day, I'm trying to squeeze in more carbs. Like I have to drink juice or eat like fruit leather. And it just, for me, that is a really high sugar. So I've kind of been like, oh, I need to figure out how to better ways to do this. But so my carbs and my protein both got cut by just a little bit this week, but enough to make me feel like, okay, now I'm feeling less like I have to kind of force feed myself throughout the day to get to these numbers. And yeah, still just kind of slowly but surely whittling down at my weight, which is has been a goal of mine. It's been hard because I still am not in the gym consistently, which I was really hoping that I would be back in the gym consistently by now, but it just hasn't, you know, schedule wise just hasn't worked out. And so my progress has been slower than what I anticipated just because I, you know, I'm only working out. Like some, some weeks I'll get in the gym four times. A lot of other weeks it's just once. I just am not, I mean, really like I keep coming back and realizing that the saving grace and the reason that CrossFit has been such a good fit for me is that it's the only way I can get myself to work out. Like yeah. I am not, we have this little fitness center at our apartment complex. I literally, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Like, I'm just not. <laughs> no, I get it. And I yeah. I think that changes over time too. Like I told you last week, I'm like, I've normal, and I know a lot has to do with the weather, but I'm just like mm-hmm. not feeling running anymore. I'm like the yeah. only thing that really is good, getting me consistently in the gym is CrossFit. But yeah, so other than that, just been kind of hanging in there. What about yeah. you? It's, it's going pretty well. Uh, Marie asked specifically how how have I transitioned to tracking food? So I know we, you know, we check in every week about WAGs. You can go back and listen to the past four or five weeks episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as transitioning to tracking, I will say it it was just the mental block of the first week. Ever since the first week is over, I'm like, eh, it's it's just something I do and something you get so in routine with and it does get easier. I never, never thought I would say that because everyone in the WAG group is like, oh, it just gets easier. Give it time and you'll be rocking and rolling. I'm like, really, because this feels like such a pain in the butt, but it really is nothing now. It's just kind of like, yeah. oh, yeah, this you have it in your head or you're so used to eating certain and foods. And it's just second nature. It really second is nature. Like you start thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and someone in the WAG group recently asked, you know, like, oh, did you feel like, remember that time when you ate extra butter because you didn't know it was in your mom's dish that yeah. she made you? Someone like asked like, it a question. What do you asked, do? Yeah. Someone asked a question like, oh, I, that just happened to me. And like, oh, my gosh, I'm like kind of like feeling guilty about it. And yeah. it was really cool to see all the comments were just like 
this is life, girl. Like, just like, it's okay. Like, right, this is not, this is not something to, to stress out over. And I'm like, I love that vibe because this is, I, yeah. I, even though I track very well, I'm not like, I don't, if you get loosey goosey, obviously it's a problem, but like, I track yeah. pretty darn well, but I'm not going to stress over if I guess it's something once, you know? Yeah. Or if like you go back and realize, like, oh crap, I thought I had logged that. And so I ate it. And then at the end of the day, I look back over and it's like, oh shoot, those two muffins that I ate, I didn't actually log. And so right. I sort of like went about my day as if I hadn't eaten them. Right. Well, and also I think the other thing that I, I don't know whether or not I talked about this last week, but that has kind of becoming been more and more clear to me is that kind of the great thing about this is that just moving forward in life, it has made me realize like there's really never a time in a healthy lifestyle that you should be eating sitting down and just eating six pieces of pizza. Exactly. I love that comment. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. And it's like not right at this moment that's restricted by my, the macros that I have, but, and you know, obviously there's exceptions for everything. And like the, the, there are time and places for just emotional eating on occasion, but that in a healthy lifestyle, there's not really a place. There shouldn't really be a place for that. And that at the end of the day, this is just really teaching me like, this is actually what portion control and mindful eating yep should look like should look like it's exactly right and i feel it is so inclusive and i know yeah. someone made that comment recently about how wag has opened their eyes to food and how in the past i would label foods good or bad now it's just like mm-hmm. oh i can have this and i just need to track it and balance it out right, and exactly. that feels like, really good for me because it doesn't yeah. feel like i'm restricted it doesn't feel like eating disorderish it feels like oh this is just portion control this is exactly what we should be doing as humans uh, Katie asked specifically, how is counting macros at restaurants going and any dessert tricks or hacks? Counting macros at restaurants, I think for the most part, because I started WAG when I was out of town mm-hmm. and I was traveling for the holidays. So I had a lot of uh, kind of guesstimation going on at restaurants. Um, I would do my best to look at the menu before we went out and kind of picked what I wanted. So I wasn't like sitting there stressing and, yeah. you know, having people wait on me. And then I would just track around it for the day if I knew that that was coming up. But again, you kind of do the best you can. Some people carry pocket or purse, like scales in their purse or yeah, little that's pocket too scales. Much for me. Like that's I just a little much. I try to find, you know, I look through the MyFitnessPal database. They have a ridiculous amount yes, of foods in there. And I just kind of try yeah. to find like, this is probably the closest thing to what I'm eating. And this is a problem, you know, I'm kind of eyeball it. This is probably about how much I'm eating. And that's fine for me for that day. And then a lot of times I'll just sort of overestimate. And I think Courtney talked about this too. Like I would rather overestimate and get to the end of the day and be like, there probably wasn't, weren't, you know, wasn't two tablespoons of vegetable oil in that, you know, the way that they cooked that. But I'm just going to go ahead and log that because I'd rather be over in right. that sense than like than underestimate. So yeah, and I think I get to the end of the day, like last night we went out to sushi and it was just like, well, I'm going to log as if I'm going to have two and a half full rolls of sushi. And if I end up not eating that much, then great. But I'm going to put that in at the beginning of the day and right. think, okay, and you know, and that way if I do, you know, if I get there and I'm full after one and a half rolls, which did not happen by the way. Then that way it's not the other way around where I only log one and a half and I'm like, man, I really could go for another roll. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that is something too, where if you're eating out in a restaurant like once a week or once in a blue moon, not a big deal. If you're eating out in a restaurant every single day, you probably want to be a little more diligent about it. But at the same time, if you travel weekly for your right. job or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the rule of thumb really is like, this is life. We are human. This is not a, this is not a rigid black or white thing. Um, mm-hmm. As far as dessert tricks or hacks for WAG, this really depends on how many, <laughs> what your macros are and what you can fit in. I mean, I do a lot of, um, I'm not, I mean, I really don't, I have a sweet tooth, but it's not like I need a huge piece of cake or anything. So I rely a lot on ice creams. Like Trader Joe's has this really good low fat ice cream that I love. And then I do like macaroons or those little, 
I just got a box of Girl Scout cookies. So I've been like oh rash- gosh, yes, rationing those out. I mean, but as far as like making the most out of a dessert, the WAG group has such good suggestions for like, oh my gosh, I made this awesome dessert with like, you know, there's blogs that do if it fits your macros dessert. So I would just kind of Google that, but yeah, I don't really, I, say, like, I don't go there yet. Dinner, yeah. If you're like, get the dessert that you want and split it with somebody. Yeah. Like the other day I had this like peanut butter chocolate thing at linger and I had like two bites of it and that was enough and I knew that that was gonna fit my macros and also like when you have a plan it's so much easier to be like to like before they even set it down on the table be like I know I'm gonna have two bites of that yes I think the other thing that was really interesting that somebody brought up last week in the group was like you need to get out of the mindset that living of like living life quote-unquote involves junk food and involves like the ability to eat whatever you want. Like going out and living your life does not mean going out and eating a cake. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have to go soon because Miles is crying and cool. I need to feed him. Yes. We're almost but, wrapping up here. I think we're done. Yeah. Do you have an, you have another question? Quick question that yeah. just came. I remember hearing in the past podcast that Claire's a double under whiz tips for mastering those. So I don't walk around with whiplash marks on my arms every day. Yes. My very first response to that is get your own rope. If you do not already have your own rope, get it. It does not need to be fancy. It does not need to be expensive. My favorite one is the speed rope from uh, Rogue, but RX jump ropes has some. They're a little bit more expensive, but literally it can be any rope that is relatively thin, that has that has good handles, that has like bearings in the handles. You just need to be using the same rope every time. Yep. That's the biggest thing. And then the next thing, honestly, is just practice, practice, practice. You can watch a couple of videos that kind of try to figure out like what it is that is having, you know, that you personally are struggling with. A lot of times I notice that people who are just learning, their hands are turned in so that your knuckles are like kind of facing each other versus facing out in front of you. Yes. And what that ends up happening is that you cross, the, the rope will cross or people who um, tuck their knees when they're jumping instead of sort of like jumping straight up. But it really honestly is just like the biggest thing I can tell you is get the same rope and use five or 10 minutes before or after the water practice. And that's the best thing about double unders is that it's not like a lift where you have to warm up to practice it. No. Like you can grab your rope anywhere, any time of the day and jump for five minutes. Yes. And that is going to be huge. Huge. Huge, huge, huge. Can I answer Nikki's question really, really fast? Because I love Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Um, She says, what's on your playlist? And we are going to post our Spotify playlist that we did like forever and ever ago because it's really still fun and relevant. But what's on your playlist? I listen to Spotify, the workout mixes all the time. So Spotify has a great like feature where you can just go to different categories and they actually have like tons of different workout playlists. So I kind of cruise and I cheat a little bit because I don't, I just don't have the time to put playlists together. But I will say I'm really enjoying Justin Bieber right now. Oh, God. I really am. <laughs> and last but not least, I know we're trying to rush, but Camille's, a, Camille's on WAG now. How great is Obviously, that? That's awesome. Like, she totally saw that we were doing it. So she was like, yeah, Joy and Claire. I have to be like Joy and Claire. Yeah, All right, Claire Bear. All right, Joy. So everyone go have fun watching Super Bowl. Yay, go Denver. And uh, go to our Facebook page because I posted the video of Diana Ross when I was in the Super Bowl halftime show. Um <laughs> like 20 years ago. So just FYI, you're going to need to watch that. Go to Kalo, Q-A-L-O.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all those social media, write us a review and we will see you next week. Bye. Happy, happy Valentine's day, everyone. Oh, yeah, bye. Bye.